Welcome to the Payments Podium Podcast, hosted by the payments professor himself, Kevin Olson. This podcast discusses the past, present, and the possibilities of the payments industry. Here's the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Payments Podium. I'm the payments professor, Kevin Olson, and I'm here with another Kevin. This is Kevin Sasser. He's with Argos Risk. I'll let him introduce himself a little bit more in just a second. He's been on the show before. You might remember he's the one that had the FBI had to get involved in uh, was calling him directly. Uh, interesting story. You got to go back and listen to it if, if you missed that episode. Well, today he's going to help us talk a little bit more about risk mitigation, especially when it comes to what's happening well during the pandemic. So, Mr. Sasser, let me tell you, it is a joy to welcome you back to the Payments Podium. Could you tell all of our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Hello, my, uh, my name is Kevin Sasser. I am the Director of Sales and Marketing for Argos Risk. Uh, we are a risk mitigation company. And basically what we do is we monitor the financial viability of commercial third parties. So banks and credit unions use us in uh, all areas of their operations that involve financial and operational risk. So we have clients who use us in their payment origination program. We have commercial lending programs and vendor management programs. Uh, hey, Kevin and I actually... Go ahead. go ahead. No, no, after you, sir. Okay, thank you. So Kevin and I actually crossed paths, uh, our careers crossed paths in uh, the, the metropolis of Hay Howard, Georgia, uh, back in the uh, 90s, and we worked for the same company. And here I was a bustling town. I think that one stop light still draws a crowd today. Uh, but we had a uh, good experience in, in being on the early stages of uh, financial institutions getting involved in payments. Um, back in my career, I started, I used to have an eight hour seminar on how to set up a uh, origination program. And uh, some of the best practices that we talked about in 91, 92 still hold true. But Kevin, the reason I was begging you to get back on your um, podcast was twofold. Number one, to clear my reputation uh, as someone who has been in trouble with the law and uh, to give clarity into that. And also to talk about doing uh, payment origination in a global pandemic. You know, you know, unless you were doing payment origination in 1918, no one's had experience operating under these conditions. And so I wanted to talk a little bit more about that, kind of share with our experience of what we're finding with our 400 uh, banks and credit unions and offer some insight into what's driving the economy today and what your risk mitigation program should include moving forward. Well, real quick, let's just, you know, for those of people who are joining, because you're right, under the current pandemic, that drives me nuts to hear that as if we're going to have another one uh, next year. Um, under the current pandemic or pandemic situations, it's definitely teaching us a lot and it's changed a lot. And I really like how you said you had, you know, the eight hour workshop on origination and how all of it still applies today. And real quick, can we just explain to people why you have underwriting in place, pandemic or not? when you are performing origination of any type for anybody. So when you're doing uh, payment origination as a, a financial institution, you're assuming a level of financial risk for every transaction that goes through your system. So uploading that file up to the Fed or to your ACH operator, you're responsible for those transactions. And if something should happen in settlement, you're going to bear that responsibility. Hence why uh, I, uh, in our my previous podcast, we had a, a slight problem in that we uploaded uh, transactions that were totally fraudulent by mistake, but it was uh, it was a painful lesson to learn. So 
sort of getting into our the, the heart of our conversation today. So today, many organizations, uh, payment uh, programs, when it comes to underwriting and that credit risk management component, they offload or outsource a lot of that work to the credit commercial loan department. In fact, when you talk to somebody and they say, well, we have 400 originators or 200 originators, or they pick a number, the next sentence is usually, and they're a commercial loan customer. So if if your experience has been, okay, well, wait, I wait, does that, and they're a commercial loan customer, just excuse them from the process or mean that there's well, no risk for some with them? It will depends on the attitude, right? Uh, because it, from a holistic standpoint, that it does not absolve the financial institution of any responsibility. But from a departmental standpoint, that line gets a little bit fuzzy because no one, you know, it's ambiguity is okay until there's a problem. Right. So today, you know, for the past 12 years, we've been in a continuous economic ex expansion. Mm -hmm. So be before the pandemic, our economy had been growing on a steadily pace since 2009, which means risk management was kind of took a back seat because you didn't have to worry so much about winners and losers. Well, now in the in the current environment, we, there's a lot more. The probability of one of your originators suffering some sort of financial distress has been increased exponentially. And the and the problem that I'm seeing in the uh, the marketplace is that we have some procedures in place today, both on the payment side and the commercial lending side, they're not well suited for a pandemic and our environment. Well, so, can I ask you um, something? Because uh, our friend Lee, I recently heard him talk, and he was discussing how we've got now a K economy. It being a K because one branch of the K is things are actually going good. There are sectors of the economy that are still on the rise and still still doing well, but the bottom of that K being there are things that aren't doing so well. There are you know sectors of the economy that they're just going down. So are you saying we need to have procedures and better identifying? Well, are you the good or are you the bad? It's a, it's a, a combination of both. And think of it this way. When your kid uh, brings on the report card and there's six classes listed and there's two A's, two B's and two C's, what are you going to look at? What are you going to pay attention to? What's going to oh. be, you know, are you going to just focus exclusively on the A's or are you going to look exclusively on the C's or are you going to have more of a, okay, we're doing okay over here, but we need to shore it up over here. And Lee um, is right. There are parts of the economy that are doing right, right, uh, very well right now. Uh, there is uh, grocery is doing well. PPP is doing very well. Uh, there are certain aspects of uh, technology that are doing well. But then there is parts of the economy that are just horrible. Uh, uh, you know, restaurants, uh, the hospitality, hotels. But then you get into certain aspects of manufacturing, and all that kind of bleeds over. Uh, together and you have to be very aware so uh with that um now i bought some slides with me today and we don't have to throw them up on the screen but one of them i i start off i when i talk to people today and and do the virtual uh, uh conferences i show a picture of superman laying <laughs> by the pool and and the caption reads reads listen pal they're all emergencies and the reason I share that is it sort of calm everybody down because if if you're if you're struggling today if you're in, if you're in payment operations and you just feel like the world you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, the message you're not alone. We're all we're all going through this together and we're all kind of having the the suffering together. But more importantly, and I, and I just mentioned this is you know this is a new this isn't time for you to write your new playbook. 
because again, Absolutely. unless you were doing business in unless you were doing business in 1918, you've never experienced this before. So you do not have intuition. You do not have instinct because you don't have anything prior to reference back to, right? Maybe 2008, maybe, but from this point forward, now is an opportunity for you to figure out, okay, how do we, uh, how do we uh, change our internal processes and culture to, to deal with faster, quicker risk mitigation that goes in line with faster payment, uh, faster, quicker payments, so uh, in our conversation that we had uh, last week, Kevin, you were telling me about the trend being that, you know, check volume is uh, dropping, RDC volume is dropping because consumers are basically, look, I don't want to touch you. I don't want to have my fingerprints in you. So the payments, contactless payments and RTPs on the rise. So faster, quicker settlement. Well, and the same is happening Should. with cash too. People don't want to touch yeah. the cash. I and mean, the, the coin shortage is a lot of it can be attributed to the fact that coins aren't in circulation because, well, A, people aren't going out and B, they just don't want to touch them. Right. So it, it, that's the thing. We all like to see the, 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 the innovative side. We all want the new iPhone. We, you know, that, that kind of stuff yeah. uh, from, hey, uh, ACH used to take two days. Now it takes two minutes. You know, that's great. But on the back end, you, the, the thing that balances that out is the risk mitigation to the financial institution because just because the payments speed up doesn't mean that your your responsibility and your risk has changed. Well, and I look so, at the pandemic as being in many ways a big reset. It's kind of even the playing ground for everybody. It's new territory that, hey, none of us have been here before because we weren't around in 1918. We now have the opportunity to go in and restructure, re, you know, do all of our policies and procedures so that we can deal with what's happening now and, of course, set ourselves up in the, for the future. But what should we be looking at to do that? If we are looking at, all right, what should be in my policies? What should be in my procedures? How do I do this underwriting? What am I looking at when it comes to, you know, these this credit risk? Uh, what would you say? So, excellent. So, I'm going to I'm going to reference one of the uh, the visuals that I bought with me today. So, uh, I, get, I provided a copy of a, it's a big chart that says the five C's of credit. And this is, if you want to know, this is this is the cheat sheet that every commercial lender has taped to the bottom drawer that, that basically, you know, they look at it and go, okay, I, I can get the loan because these are the five things they check for uh, when they're going to give a loan, commercial loan, uh, character, capacity, capital, collateral, and conditions. And uh, back to my um, point about we've been on this continuous expansion uh, from an economic standpoint for the past 12 years, there have been some, I'm not, I'm not going to use the term lazy, but there have been some procedures that kind of have uh, dropped in priority. I think that's a nice way of putting it. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, if you're, if you're, if a customer walks in and gets a loan um, or asks for a loan under a certain dollar value, uh, they fall from an underwriting standpoint. They're they're they fall into that trap of the set it and forget it approach, where mm. the the banker, the credit union, collects a bunch of information up front, and then they give them the loan, and then they don't check any. They might you know once a year or once every eighteen months, they might say, hey, can you verify your income for us and like that, because again, for the past twelve years, that's been okay, that's been acceptable. We haven't lost anything because you know the economy was good. So is that kind of the, there's not a problem until there's a problem. So I'm not going to worry about it until there's a problem type of mentality. Exactly right. And we saw this in 2008 with real estate, because what mm -hmm. happened is that uh, banks lent at the top of the market 
And then when it crashed, they were really slow to reassess that, that real estate. So from a financial perspective right now, because of the economy has dropped in total, then banks are, and credit unions and financial institutions in general are kind of reluctant to say, uh, well, we need to go check on the finance, we need to go check on the inventory levels or some of our best clients because maybe they don't want that truth. And so what we're pushing again is like, look, the technology has evolved, the, the, the capacity has, is available, it's cost effective that you can have transparency into the financial condition of your commercial third parties on a daily basis, not an annual basis, a daily basis. So the question is, is your culture ready to handle that? So to kind of illustrate that point. Um, so your culture project. needs these five C's then for that to actually happen. Right. And then you're also needs to be able to handle the truth, not to, you know, paraphrase Jack Nicholson. Uh, Jack Nich Nicholas is the golfer. Nicholson's the actor. So Jack Nicholson and a few good men. But your culture needs to be able to handle the truth. Right. So and so I, I use this pit, I use this graphic of a couple showing off their very unattractive baby. And so uh, the, the acid test here is, you know, when the baby's unattractive, is it OK to, to say that? And what I mean by that in, the, in the, the context of our conversation, if you got your best commercial customer or they're a friend of your executives or they're, they, you get a lot of revenue off of them and the, the warning signs are there, is, are you going to pay attention to those warning signs or are you going to close your eyes and hope for the best? Uh, just to, to reference our earlier podcast when I talked about uh, onboarding a fraudulent originator, th this this not having the confidence to, to look at the reality of the situation is what led us to make some bad decisions. And so we're, we talk with uh, organizations on a regular basis across 30 different industries. And there's some that's like, look, I know this, this third party is struggling, but I can't tell, I can't tell this member of our executive team, they'll lose their mind. So they Which really a, need to stand up and be like, you can't handle the credit. You can't exactly right because the that luxury of hiding information, the hiding bad news, is gone away. You could hide it when you had winners to offset the losers, but if you hide too many of your losers, they're all going to come home, and it's all going to be obvious at the wrong time. So you have to be very careful about that, and you have to be confident that you're uh, that on the data that you're looking at that's telling you this. So um, I'm going to. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into our economic weeds here just a bit. And I have a, uh, a graphic that shows consumer spending. And so I'm going to, we're going to, let's pull back from our, let's take off our payments hats for just a bit and look at this at a higher level. And let's think about our, just our economy as a general. Consumer spending drives everything, period. And COVID is controlling consumer spending, period. And so once, you know, as you see, uh, mitigation efforts towards COVID come into play, you see consumer spending start to increase. But then you also have to take a look at this in the on a regional perspective right now. There are parts of the upper Midwest right now, and we're filming this in uh, early November, that are just, they're in almost lockdown because of uh, the virus. And so in that case there, regardless of what the national graphs say, there, there are stores that are not open. There are employees that are sick. There, there are things that are not functioning. And so I, wa I want to show you, I brought these two graphics because I want to show you a comparison. So notice the my chart on consumer spending and 
the time frame around April 1st, when we went into that big national lockdown, consumer spending dropped by over 30%, 32.7%, which is a massive drop. Because under normal circumstances, a 2 to 3% drop in consumer spending freaks people out. Right. right? So that gives you a point of reference gives you a point of reference that this was a, a massive uh, event. Now, the, the next- It graph, wasn't just right a dip, it, it was a cliff. It was just fall heavy. off the end of the cliff. Extraordinary, and, and, your, and most people's risk procedures did not accommodate for this scenario because it's not a common thing, right? So now I'm gonna marry that with, uh, right behind there is a, is a graph that shows uh, small business revenue. And if you'll notice, the two graphs fall in line together. Small business revenue, consumer spending, both follow the same trend, which tells you consumers draw, drive small business revenue. If consumers don't spend, small businesses, regardless of if they're B2B, B2C, because regardless of the business model, there's always a C. There's always a consumer somewhere in that business plan. And if that, if that consumer is not spending, revenue stops. Real quick, for all of you out there listening, going, I want to see this graph. What's he talking about? There's going to be a video on the Payments Professor YouTube channel to complement this podcast because it is an incredible visual that really adds to the story that Kevin's telling us. So uh, we will make that available on the Payments Professor YouTube channel. It'll be something related to Kevin Sasser, Argo's risk and uh, credit, and you can't handle the credit. Something there will be there. You'll be able to find it. But keep going because I yeah I'm looking at these graphs and you know I'm going back and forth one or the other and I want to almost overlay them because they look nearly identical. Exactly, and so let me and now let me let me tell you the the uh, the big challenge here is going back to that set it and forget it mentality. A lot of organizations are 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 managing uh, their credit risk. They've set their credit risk limits, and they're not taking this dip into account even though that dip took place in April. And the well, reason- Well, what do they do then? I mean, how do they take that dip into account? Because it's like, well, we do an annual, well, we do, they do the transaction analysis mm -hmm. right, on a regular basis, and then they do an annual review. So depending on where that annual review is, they may or may not take this dip into account. And uh, and we see this a lot because when when you hear someone say, well, we, we pull the, the company's financials, what that means usually is they get a copy of the audited financials for a company, and those usually come out in April mm -hmm. because it takes, but they're for the previous year. So right. what's happened across the country is there are risk limits put in place right now that were that are based on 2019 data that will not be updated until 2021, which will be based on 2020 data. So right now we're in a, uh, there's risk limits that might be too high given the current economic situations, which the credit programs are not taking into account. And then conversely, when we get into 2021 in April, there's gonna be some risk limits that are adjusted down because of the 2020 financials. And they're gonna be, the risk limits are gonna to be too low for that bank. And, that, and that's where you lead into a situation where a commercial uh, customer is like, well, if you're not going to let me help grow my business, you know, why am I going to do business with you kind of situation? So our overall are message is- Are you fortune is, telling right now? Uh, are, you, are you basically fortune telling right now of what's going to happen with uh, commercial lending 
in the future based off of because of what's happened this year when everybody does go back and because they only do annual reviews that they're going to actually in, maybe in some ways hurt their business or to turn away I, customers they shouldn't? Unless they change. Unless they, uh, I'm going to talk about some uh, uh, behavior changes here in just a second. But yeah, if they keep if they keep on keeping on like they do right now, yeah, in, in 2021, they're going to be undervaluating uh, some of their customers and putting their customer relationships at risk. All right, Kevin Nostradamus Sasser, keep going. I've been called worse. Okay, now, <laughs> when you go to one of our virtual conferences that are out there, and you get into any kind of uh, underwriting or, or credit risk conversation, this this stat always is thrown up, thrown up. I'm sorry, presented, thrown up sounds gross. Is presented, and that the stat is well, the the, the business has 27 days of cash buffer on hand. I've heard it probably a dozen times this year, and that stat is factually true. And what that means is that if a, uh, most businesses, if they have uh, uh, if they have to close their doors, they got a cash cushion of about 27 days of operating capital. So they got about a month freeway before they get have to get new financing or uh, start cutting to the bone or whatever. <clears throat> the But when you dig into the data, that 27 days is a bit of a misnomer because that truly is an average across all industries. So when you get into select industries, you'll see that that number is incredibly small for like restaurants and it's bigger for companies like real estate and high tech services. So if you're if you're doing uh, a lot of origination for let's say wholesale uh, manufacturers like that, those organizations have 23 to 28 days. But as you get closer to retail and restaurants and the hospitality, those guys under normal circumstances had 16 days of operating capital. And if mm -hmm. you remember the the graphics I just showed you, the drop in consumer spending, that buffer is gone. And so right now uh, in select industries, there are, there are organizations that are cutting muscle to survive. They're firing people, they're closing down locations, they're tapping, you know, the, the elders are tapping out their home equity loans, um, trying anything to get operating capital. Some projections, and, and let, me, let me talk about projections real quick. When you listen to an economist, an economist will tell you 10 things. If they get two of them right, they're like, look how smart smart I am. <laughs> so so take so take projections with a grain of salt. But some economists are, are anticipating that uh, in, in certain sectors of the economy, economy, we could lose 20% of the businesses that are operating today. So that number might look like 6 million. It might. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying the conditions are could support that number. And if that is the case it, for for your organization, just be prepared. How would you how would you accommodate that? Now, again, these the the slides and the graphics uh, we're going to present as part of our video series, but they're widely available. So you need to take a look. If you're doing origination today, you need to take a look at the the customers that you're servicing, the sectors that you're servicing, what parts of the economy. And then if you're doing uh, if you're if you're uh, doing business with third party processors. Uh, you need to figure out what level of visibility you have into that transaction flow as well, because if your third-party processors customers go out of business, then that third-party processor is going to go out of business. All right, so Kevin, I, I, I got to tell you, uh, we're, we're getting towards the end here. You've got a great argument. I, I need to know what to do. I, you know, usually on the payments professor, we had the present, well, we had the past, we had the present. You, you've set the present up with us. 
what's going on. You got me worried because yeah, I'm, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm advising people correctly on your origination procedures and how you're managing, monitoring all of that credit. Well, what do we do? I mean, what's the actual answer here? What, where's the solution? Help me, please. Okay. So uh, the, the, the term that I hope catches on uh, in the, from this point forward is called proactive due diligence, because right now we do a lot of reactive due diligence. Oh, we have a problem. Let me get some information from our, our third party. Proactive due diligence is getting ahead of the curve. And I need, and, and if you remember nothing else from this uh, podcast, remember, ask yourself this question, how do I stay ahead of the curve? And what that means is having the confidence to learn ugly truths. But, and you learn ugly truths by getting more relevant information more quickly. And so I have a slide. And so um, uh, right now today, uh, do you know, uh, are your commercial lenders, are your whoever's responsible for underwriting, are they taking a look at on uh, cash on hand? Are they getting you know uh, cash statements from your clients? Do they have sales forecast, short-term uh, cash flow projections? How about ability to secure inventory? You know the mechanics that make a a business run. Are they checking those mechanics? And how fresh is the data? Because it's over if it's over three months old. How, how relevant is it today? So now the good news is uh, our organization, Arco's Risk, can help you in certain aspects of this because we do ongoing monitoring of clients and we do it on an automated fashion um, where you can quickly know if a company has stopped paying their bills, if they're uh, stopped paying their taxes, uh, lawsuits, liens, and judgments are starting to pipe up or if their industry is starting to, to fall off a cliff from a viability standpoint. We automate all that. We make it incredibly easy to understand. And uh, if you want to learn more about us, just feel free to visit us at argosrisk.com. And if you click on contact us and mention the Kevin and Kevin show, I'll be more than happy to discuss uh, further details with you along with this presentation. And, and let me just jump Sorry, in today because I know some people are probably going, oh, there it is. There's the sales pitch. I knew it was coming. Well, that's not the point. I've known Kevin for a long time. And, you know, on the payments professor, we usually don't really promote many organizations, but I, I'm okay with him mentioning Argos Risk because he's also told you everything you need to do. He's told you what proactive due diligence looks like. He is just telling you a way that it can be done for you. There, there are tools that are out there to help you with all of this because I, I've seen it for years. Some of you are trying to manage and do this all on your own. You're wondering, where do I go? Where are these resources? You probably got that ugly spreadsheet. I mean, sorry, not to call your baby ugly or your spreadsheet ugly, but you got that ugly spreadsheet that you're struggling to keep up with. And Kevin is giving you everything. If you're going to do it on your own, go do it. Go look at all of those areas. Take into consideration what's it going to be like next year because of the pandemic, because of the huge dip. When you look at their numbers, you don't want to shorten their capabilities. You don't want to cause them to go somewhere else. You got to take that into consideration. But what's it also look like now? Like you said, the cash on hand, the short-term projections. You, you know, I, I love you said staying ahead of the curve. I mean, we're all watching the curve for the pandemic, but you got to watch what's happening with your customers. And depending on where you are, I, I love too, if you, if you guys caught on to it, he, he told you the different industries with their cash on hand, which also equals to how long can they survive before it becomes a bigger problem? And I wonder, you know, people talk about, you know, here we are, like you mentioned, we're in November uh, 2020. It's been a really interesting year. What if there is another dip? How many people survive then? 
And how would you know whether or not they're going to survive? So a lot of information in there. Again, Kevin, thank you so much for being on the Payments Podium. Uh, what did you say? How do we get a hold of you again to, and mention the Kevin and Kevin show? <laughs> Just go to argosrisk.com, click on contact us. And uh, if you want to have, if you want to, uh, if this type of information is interesting to you, more than happy to go into more detail. Uh, look forward to speaking with you either way. So argosrisk.com. All right. Thank you so much. All right. For all of you out there, a lot was in this episode. Again, what are you looking for? I love that proactive due diligence. Let's make that the least payments words of the year. There's a, there's a whole bunch of different things out there that, you know, we never heard before zoom bombing, social distancing, but let's go with proactive due diligence and let's get something positive taking place in the world of electronic payments. I am Kevin Olson, the payments professor. And if there's any of you out there that would like to be on an episode of the payments podium, maybe you got a topic you'd like to have discussed on the payments podium. If you would, you can email me, Kevin at paymentsprofessor.com. And I will be glad to see about having you on a podcast or making sure that your topic gets on there and gets addressed. You can also, like I said, find a visual version of this podcast. It'll be condensed, but it will have the information that was mentioned. So you'll be able to see it for yourself in a video coming soon on YouTube. Again, I'm the Payments Professor and class dismissed. Thank you for listening to the Payments Podium Podcast. Check back every Thursday for a conversation with the Payments Professor. This podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Olson and edited by Sam Sue Smith. See you on Thursday.